Uh, today's service on this Labor Day weekend is going to be just a little bit different, and I want to explain for just a minute what this is going to look like. Instead of a, a traditional sermon, what we're going to do is we're going to set aside this time in our service for prayer. Um, I know that in the time that we're all living in right now, it's, it's caused a lot of us to pray more than maybe we ever have before. I was even just talking with uh, a, a couple of parents this last week of a, a son who had just recently moved into the dorms at school, and they said, Pastor Tom, our son told us that he's praying now more than he ever has before. Just with all of the different things happening, all of the changes, all of the circumstances that are unknown, I think a lot of us are praying. Even as our, our church is scattered and our routines are disrupted, we pray. And yet I also know that many of us are tired, and for that, what that often does is, is it means, at least for me, that while my heart desires to pray, sometimes I wonder, where do I even begin when I come before God in prayer? And so uh, that's the introduction to who's going to speak here in just a second. Um, many of you know Wendy Ellsworth. Uh, she's part of our contemporary worship team. She's a member of our church council. And she is going to explain to us the purpose of prayer, why we should pray in the first place. And then after that, we are going to lead you, several of our leaders, in different prayer petitions that pray for some very specific areas in our life and in our world that we're facing right now. Uh, but for right now in this moment, please give a warm welcome to Wendy Ellsworth. Thank you, Pastor Tom. So why do we pray? What's the purpose of prayer? In some ways, prayer is one of the most mysterious aspects of the Christian walk. We wonder if God really hears our prayers, if our prayers have an effect on our lives, what is acceptable to pray about, how should we pray, and on and on. So why do we even do it? Several reasons. First, we pray because it's a privilege. God is far above us, completely holy and only comprehensible in as much as he reveals himself to us. Prayer is his invitation to get to know him. God allows us to approach him. In fact, he desires it. Prayer is our way of communicating with God and communing with God. Just as friends and families spend time together talking with one another to deepen their relationships, so prayer deepens our relationship with God. We can exercise the privilege of prayer because Jesus has made a sacrifice for us. He bridges the gap between us and God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 through 16 refers to Jesus as our high priest. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Because of Jesus, we are free to pray and to pray boldly. 
We also pray because we are commanded to. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Thanking God, praising him, and blessing him are all aspects of prayer. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, records Jesus' instructions to ask, seek, and knock. When we pray, this is what we're doing. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13, describes Jesus' teaching, the disciples how to pray. He begins the discourse by saying, and when you pray, prayer is assumed. It's something we'll do. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul writes, pray without ceasing. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Prayer is to be part of our lives. Jesus set a great example of prayer for us. The Gospels mention several times that Jesus prayed. John chapter 17 is perhaps one of the best examples. If Jesus, who is God, prayed to the Father, how much more then should we? Prayer draws us closer to God and is a means by which we praise him. But it also has an effect on our lives. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Prayer can lead us to wisdom. 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 6 through 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Prayer can relieve our anxiety. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. When we approach God with the desires of our hearts, he answers us. God's word assures us. He answers our prayers. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. John 14, verses 13 through 14 tells us, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15 
reminds us this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. God loves us enough to hear us and answer our prayers. So we must pray. Prayer is both an intimate interaction with God and a corporate event. It brings God glory, gives us insight into who he is, and has a tangible effect on our lives. Prayer is a privilege and a spiritual discipline well worth developing. And with everything that is happening in our world right now, we believe that God is inviting us to call out to him right now. I would agree. There's a place and time for a good sermon. There's a place and time to sing praises and bring glory to God's name. But there's a place and time to pray. There's a place and time to lament. There's a place and time to simply cry out to God about whatever it is that we're facing in this world and whatever it is you're facing in your world. And so at this time, we'd like to invite you into this moment of prayer. As I said before, we're going to guide you through different petitions that are going to pray about several different things. And we're going to invite you to join in with your requests online as well. Um, Now, we're going to guide you because I know if you're anything like me that oftentimes when you're exhausted, and I'm exhausted, and many of us are exhausted, even though our heart desires to pray, we don't have the words. And so we're so very grateful that uh, Wendy Ellsworth and Julie Thomas, another one of our leaders, have written these prayers, and the two of them, as well as Ted Johnson, are going to be leading us together by praying them and giving us words to describe what our hearts are desiring to bring before God. Uh, The other reason that this is important is because there's something to be said about praying together. Jesus said in Matthew 18, truly I tell you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that you ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And so we're going to take the next several minutes and we're going to take Jesus at his word as we pray about some very specific things. Now, I want you to be thinking about what maybe you'd like to add to these prayers, and so I'll tell you what the prayers are going to be. Um, We're going to start by praying for the very beginning of the school year, knowing that many students, teachers, staff, parents, families have begun in many different ways or are soon going to be beginning. Uh, We're going to pray for the unrest that our neighbors very close to us in Kenosha have been experiencing. We're going to pray for our public servants. We're going to pray for the upcoming election, which is on so many of our hearts and minds. We're going to pray for those who have been impacted by the hurricanes in the Gulf. And we're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for personal healing as well as the healing of our nation and of our world. Now, if you have a prayer request during each of those prayers and something comes to your mind, something that's on your heart, maybe it's for your family, or maybe it's something for the world that you just want others to pray about, what I want to encourage you to do is if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, Write it in the comments. Write it in the description there. And even if you're not live, put it down as a comment because other people will see those requests and they will join together 
with us in prayer. And they'll join together with you as we pray those petitions together. But for right now, as we set our hearts to prepare to pray, let's spend the next few minutes contemplating prayer as we listen, as we watch these words, and as God invites us deeper into his presence. Let's watch. for who you are and for the sacrifice that your son Jesus made so that we could be in a relationship with you. Hear us now 
as we pray. Lord, we thank you for all those people that have had to make tough decisions regarding opening of schools and colleges this fall. Please be with the school administrators, school board members, teachers, teaching assistants, secretaries, nurses, psychologists, social workers, custodians, cooks, and all of the staff who positively impact students each day. Watch over them, keep them safe, and lift their anxieties about the school year. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, be with all of the students, parents, and families as school begins. Help them find peace with their decision to return in person, virtually. Help them rebuild family routines and help them to be thankful for the extra family time over the past six months. May they prioritize quality family time as schedules become busier and may they set aside daily time to be with you. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, please watch over and bring healing to our communities that have been plagued with unrest and division and violence. Watch over our brothers and sisters in Kenosha as well as across the country in Portland and other cities with unrest. Unite us together as one kingdom. May your presence help heal the brokenness that causes division and help us love one another just as you have commanded. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for our frontline workers, our policemen, firefighters, first responders, and healthcare workers locally and across the country. We know they are working tirelessly day in and day out to help those in need. Lord, give their minds and bodies the nourishment needed to rest, rebuild, and sustain through these difficult times. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also pray for the families and loved ones of our frontline workers. Please be with them each and every day and wrap your comforting arms around them. Help reassure them, reassure them that you are protecting their father, mother, husband, wife, son, daughter, brother, sister, each and every time they leave their home to serve the community. We thank these families for the daily sacrifice they are making. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Father, thank you for creating each of us with unique gifts and for gifting your children with leadership abilities to help guide our country. For everyone running for office in the upcoming elections in our country, whether they win or lose, refresh their spirits and encourage them. Give them the strength to make good decisions both in and out of the public eye. Help leaders readily give grace and receive it. Protect their families from sickness, bitterness, and discouragement. May every leader be encouraged by the truth 
that your love is always stronger than hate. Lord, in your mercy. God, bless each and every person affected by the hurricanes in the Gulf and surround them with your love, protection, and angels. Be with all the rescue workers and volunteers that are helping those whose lives have been uprooted. Protect them, keep them safe, and help them to know there are millions of us out here praying for them and their loved ones. Help them feel your presence and see your goodness in the aftermath of the storm. Lord, in your mercy. God, help those who are seeking healing to feel your presence. We pray for those who have grown tired of life, that God might grant them patient endurance and support of their loved ones. Help those that are sick to find strength and courage in the cross. Lord, in your mercy. God, you hold our whole world in your hands. Bring hope to all nations. Be with the missionaries who share the good news in foreign lands. We pray for leaders in all countries that they will guide their people with goodwill that will feed all of those who hunger, both for tangible food and for the knowledge of you. We pray for peace. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we exist to give you glory. We exist because of your glory and in your glory as our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. We give you thanks and praise for every breath and moment you have given to us. We repent of our sin for the shameful things we have done against you and for our silence when we did not speak up to proclaim your name, profess your word, or protect and practice your will. We ask your forgiveness. We pray that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will spread across our nation and the entire earth as we seek your kingdom and righteousness. As we walk in obedience to you and in humble unity, love one another. Jesus, the Bible says that you are the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. You have taught us to pray, commanded us to love, and commissioned us to share your gospel of grace. Your glory fills our hearts and families. It overflows into our neighborhoods, workplaces, campuses, churches, entertainment, and media. We give thanks for our military and ask that your glory would spread to and through them as they preserve freedom around the world. We pray for our government, that all our leaders and laws would be filled with your glory, that they would magnify your holy word and honor your will and ways. We pray that your grace and glory would spread to bring hope to the hopeless and love where there is hurt and hate. God, use us as we pray your promise that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. 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 What a privilege 
it is that we get to come into the presence of God, that we get to be with God and that God is with us. It's what God created us for. At the very beginning, he said that when he created man and woman, that we are very good, and yet from the very beginning, we allowed sin to enter into our hearts and our lives. We allowed our mistakes to enter into this world and cause destruction, and the ultimate destruction is that it separates us, imperfect people, from a perfect God. And yet our perfect God's love was so great for us that he chose not to leave us in that place because he made us to be with him and for us to be with him and him with us. And so he needed to do something, something to draw us back into his presence the way he designed it to be from the very beginning. And it's what we remember as we gather together and celebrate the meal that we call Holy Communion. Holy Communion is when we remember the meal that Jesus had 2,000 years ago with his disciples that involves bread and wine. And I want to encourage you now, if you believe these things to be true, then we'd love for you to, to gather these elements. If you have crackers, if you have anything really, uh, bring it to wherever you're worshiping. Uh, grab some wine or some grape juice or some water. And remember with us that 2,000 years ago, as Jesus was in the upper room on the night that he would be betrayed, he made a promise to the disciples that is a promise to you and me as well. He took bread and he broke it. And as he broke it, he said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. For the forgiveness of sins. Take this. Eat this in remembrance of me. After the supper, Jesus took the cup of blessing. He gave thanks and he gave it for all to drink and said, take and drink this cup. It's the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, remember me. The new covenant is a reminder of what they would have known a covenant to be that you make an agreement with another person, and if one person fails on their end of the agreement, everything falls apart. What Jesus was reminding the disciples, what he was sharing with them, what they would soon see is that he was a God who stepped in to pay the price on both sides of the agreement between us and him. That our imperfections would be covered by his perfection as he would offer us his body and his blood as the sacrifice that allows us to pray, that allows us to bring our prayers before God and gives us the assurance, as Paul says to us, that if he can conquer death, can he not conquer all of the things that we have lifted up to him in prayer today? And so if you believe that to be true, if you believe that Jesus is not only your Lord and Savior, but the Lord and Savior of the world right now in the year 2020, in this moment, then would you join us as we prepare our hearts to receive his presence through this meal? And the way we do that is by praying the way that Jesus has taught us to pray. He's given us the words. And so please take your hands Open them up as a sign of surrender to God. God, my life is yours as we together pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. At this time, take and eat the body of Christ, his very presence, broken for you, with you. And now take and drink the blood of Christ shed for you so that God can be with you. Just a couple of days ago, as I was, I was actually thinking about this service, I was working here at church, and I received a phone call. There was something I was really hopeful about, and it fell through, like a lot of things that we, we often have plans for in this season. It doesn't always go the way that we planned, and that was my situation. But I was praying some, playing some worship music at the time in the background while I was working, and the chorus to the song that I was singing said that, when I don't have enough, God, you're more than enough. And it just played that those words over and over again. And as they played my disappointment to God, as I lifted it up, because I didn't have enough in that moment, I was disappointed in the plans that had come undone. But as I continued to sing that song along with the recording, I was reminded that I have the presence of God with me and I am with him. And so I can lift up my disappointments and I can find his joy. And we want to give you an opportunity to do that right now as we sing one final song of praise as our musicians prepare to sing with us now as they lead us. I want to encourage you, no matter where you are or what you're doing, stop and praise God's holiness.